Heaven high. Heaven high. Welcome to Rum Doings episode 239. Oh, it's a good... I didn't save it. I hope this doesn't crash. It will crash and we'll lose it. Do you think that the listener yes. thinks that because we haven't recorded for about five weeks, because you apparently have forgotten how to ever be in... Yes. Um, ...that we would have chatted a bit before we started... <laughs> I think they do, but we didn't. We didn't. <laughs> Forgot. The, the only thing we chatted about, you, you kicked Lucy out, we did a yes. test, and now we're recording. So we have no idea what's going to happen with this rumbunctious episode. What is the topic? I don't even know what that is yet. The topic today is, uh-huh. what are all the terrorists going to do now that there was some singing? I'm glad that you had that as a topic, because I worried you might be a little bit sentimental. <laughs> also, thoughts and prayers. I think if when Coldplay are singing, we can definitely conclude the terrorists have won. Yes. So I, I've got one of those uh, cold 2.0s at the moment. You know the sort. Oh, I can hear it in your in your tone. Uh, I'll tell you the worst thing about it. It's not the sore throat and all that, which is basically, basically the modern cold is sore throat and a large amount of sticky butterscotch coming out of your chest for 220 years afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fine. Not so much the nose, of course, you blow a lot of snot out the nose, but I'm breathing perfectly well through my nose. I can take breaths and it's fine, it's not bunged up. But I'll tell you the most terrible aspect of this cold, and it's happened to me once or twice before, and it happened to Judith a few weeks ago. I have completely lost my sense of smell. Oh, and therefore taste. By which I mean, and I'm not exaggerating, I put my nose an inch away from the surface of a bottle of bleach. I couldn't smell a thing. Did you try tasting it? Maybe you should try tasting the bleach, Nick. It would just taste like water. Go on, give it a try. Prove um, it on air. Uh, uh, but I'll tell you, there is one scant benefit of this horrible disability. And it is a disability. Somebody had a very interesting point. Apparently, a lady got a cold. And it basically, the, apparently what can happen is that your own antibodies can start destroying the nerve endings in your nose. And so she lost her smell pretty much permanently. And she said the worst thing is it start you start becoming alienated from your surroundings as if you're watching a movie of your life because you're so used to seeing people on screen you know having meals or sweating or being or smelling a flower and there's no response that you start becoming alienated from your own experiences because of course you don't have that visceral feedback even sometimes quite subtle clues and cues uh i went to the toilet i couldn't smell a thing I knew a girl in a youth group I used to run who had no sense of smell. She went out with a boy who did the worst smelly, stinky farts. So they were a perfect couple. Well, I'll tell you the one benefit is, as I was saying, London smells like alpine air. Oh, that's good. It is, yes. Yeah, I can't smell all the, the burnt and singed body parts. I think we need to acknowledge at this point that this isn't just that we're both uh, in, about to be very old. Yes. Colds are just getting worse and no one's saying anything. But it's not just getting worse, they're changing their etiology. Yes. Yeah, you, you know, I remember a, a cold, and we've talked about this before, but now I've, it's happened too often. A cold was primarily nose-focused, you had a bit of swelling there. It was like a mild version of flu, uh, and it lasted for, what, two, three days? Mm-hmm. And now yeah. it's... I feel I first feel it in my throat and it creeps up the throat and then down into the lungs and then it stays there for several centuries. During our hiatus, yes. I had a cold that lasted four and a half weeks. Uh-huh. Um I eventually went to the doctor, not because of the cold, but because um 
I had a uh, where my gallbladder had been removed. The uh, I started having the post-op pain again. I thought that's probably not okay. Yes. So I went went to see the GP. What's the GP going to do about that? And well, refer hopefully. And I mentioned. Ah, uh, you realise cold... you're treating the GP as the expensive bouncer. And exactly, and he he said, "Have you been coughing a lot with this cold?" I said, <clears> "Yes." <throat> he said, "You've just coughed so much that your scar tissue was angered." Angered. Yeah. We didn't say angered. But yeah, yeah, that's how I had a cold that lasted so long that... Um, are you hearing this horrible robot crackling at your end? I hope it's not being recorded. I'm not hearing it. I'm getting it over my over my head. Okay, well, if it, it is... It sounds like we're playing... In fact, it sounds like we're playing a Spectrum game. It's quite good. I like okay. it. Well, fair enough. I mean, if it does, it does. Uh, so yeah, that's it. Colds last for four weeks now. Um, I, in fact, have had a cold. I need you to take your phone away from the computer. That's the problem. Move my your phone... Up. Right, it's gone now. That's what it was. Right, um, yeah, I've, I had a cold this weekend. We went away for the weekend, so of course all three know, of us contracted I... a cold immediately. My brother's been w- watching your progress. He's reported your trips to Brexit land. We didn't go to Brexit land this time. No, last time and now. It's a whole Brexit tour. We went to Corf. The whole thing is quite Brexity, isn't it, really? It's an, an excellent castle. You and your castles. What does a castle represent, I wonder? Keeping all those bad people out. Well, it doesn't. The National Trust welcomes us in nowadays. Oh dear, John. You appear what to have lost your internet connectivity a little bit. Can you hear me now? I can. What did you do? I did nothing. You disappeared. Let's just carry on like it didn't happen. It's okay, very well, boring to listen can, to. No, but you actually can cut it out. It happened at about five and a half hours. I'm not cutting it out. I'm Why far not? too busy and important. I know you are. Okay, so you went to Corf. I said a castle is a perfect representation of Brexit. I heard. It's not, in no sense, because the National Trust welcomes you in. Any creed or colour, as long Mm. as you're white and middle class. True. And I assume that you could do these awful um, British holidays because of Toby, yes? Uh, Well, no, it's just a little weekend away. No, and you went to Britain before as well. You went to Britain before. Yes, and we're actually going on a proper holiday in a couple of weeks. To Britain. To Britain. Okay. I want to shame you now. Okay. Uh, we took my my family and mm. my brother Gregory's family. That's mm. Jessica, who's three, Judy, who's seven, Liana, my brother's wife, who is pregnant again, so she's big, big and pregnant, and we went to Sitges in Spain last right. week. So you now, took a squadron of adult babysitters with you. Okay, and carry on. No, but, no, but it, it, it's, it's, it's even more profoundly heroic than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you, this might actually bring you out into cold sweats thinking about how you'd manage it, genuinely. Um, we, so we took the train What's to... What's going on? We took the train to St Pancras. And then from St Pancras, we took the Eurostar to Paris. That's two and a half hours. And then from Paris... We stayed overnight, and the next day we took a six-and-a-half-hour train journey to Spain. How do you like that? Um, I like it. Now, we then took a train from Barcelona the next morning to Sitges, and then we right. did it all in reverse yesterday, except yesterday we did it on one day. Now, what I was very proud of with the little girls is that we reserved the emergency iPad for just the last one-and-a-half, two hours of the journey. And they were very good, actually. Otherwise, you know, lots of drawing and colouring in and reading stories. And also, who joined a Moss Duane, joined us on the trip back. 
uh, and his family as well. So it's, uh, it's quite possible. So what I'm saying is, John, have faith in Toby. You can do it. I believe you. Once he's three or four, I'll definitely be doing that. But right now he's two. So? So we... you, uh, you took a group of, of, of... You took your seven-year-old daughter and, oh, by the way, a squadron of babysitters. And a three-year-old. Yes, a three-year-old. I'm, and I'm absolutely... We plan to do such things. But just now, while there's just the two of us and a two-year-old, it's much easier not to try and, and take that madness overseas. I also we also read your 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 wife Laura's because I need to reintroduce her to the uh, listener. Your wife Laura's blog postings about mm-hmm. about the in vitro fertilization. Yes. Are you going to do it again? We have a meeting with uh, our consultant tomorrow. It's quite quite a chunk of change. It's it's a lot of money for a lot of sadness. What do poor people do? Uh, they just have babies. Put the poorer you are, the easier it is to get pregnant. Oh, I see. So they don't have to worry about this sort of nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's horrible. It's awful. Um, but you're putting yourself through it. At what point do you say, "Screw it"? We're not putting ourselves through this anymore. Well, that's that's the conversation we 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 we, we constantly have. Yeah. Um, however, you know, Laura has Laura knows someone who's been through seven rounds. She has another friend who went through ten rounds. Oh my! We're not going to do that. We're that sounds horrific. That. that just that yes. literally sounds like a horror story. So the worst, I, I'll, I'll let the listener know. So, and I would like, I would, uh, the, the WHO recommends that all areas of Britain should offer three free rounds of IVF. Nowhere in Britain does that. No, and, the and, best and, areas and, and, and two, it's not going to do it. Let's be honest with the current state of the National Health Service. Best areas offer two. Our area, most areas offer one, and we get none because we already have Toby. We had Toby. Uh, we did a few. There's there's a whole bunch of things you can do before you go to IVF. Yeah. And, and Toby was was magicked out of just Laura being filled with various drugs. Mm. That hasn't worked this time round. We went then went to injections and they didn't work, and then we went to IVF and um, that didn't work. So what do poor people do? Hopefully, get at least one round free, and after that, know that it's a horrible sort of eugenics-y borderline thing where if you're rich enough you can you can procreate and if you're not you can't you can go to israel if you like i think they've got as many as you want free there for immigrants well if you become a citizen but then yeah that's quite that's quite a move just to have a baby actually you're probably also too old to do national service you won't even have to put yourself in harm's way so you can try that that's good yeah anyway yeah uh so yeah it sucks but at some point you might have to say that as as disappointing as Toby is, he's enough. <laughs> yes, we we've had that that we've absolutely had that conversation, and we have both agreed Toby absolutely definitely is enough. We would really like for him to be a big brother. That's I read really I, like. know, I, I read something that made me a bit sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Laura posted it, and she said, and like she was, I think Toby asked why Mummy was so cross or sad or something. Or sad, said, yes. And she said, oh, I'm just sad that I can't make another baby or something like that. I'm not sure she how didn't she didn't say that, it. but she said, I'm sad that we tried to make a baby and it hasn't worked. Yes. Um, and I was worried. Have you care- have you been careful how you've said that to him? And you're not saying, look, Toby, you're clearly not enough. And I'm yeah, sad that we can't make Toby 2.0. You are deficient in multifarious ways. <laughs> Well, um, I was generally I was worried. And we need when to I replace you. I was no, not at when all. To- and then Toby's reply to Laura was, "It's eat, mummy. It's easy to make a baby. You just squeeze one out." Which is those true. were his exact words. Which is true. He also told me a couple of days ago that he's get he's going to turn back into a baby and go back inside mummy's tummy. So, if only that were possible, he's got it all covered. Yes. Well, 
No, he's, a, a, he's... And also, Laura said something else that was interesting, and I thought of my response to that. Yes. Uh, because she said, I'm glad, I feel there's that judgment that, oh, well, it's not so bad because at least you've got one. Uh, but and I know nobody's thinking that. And I stopped for a moment and thought, I'm I'm not thinking that, but I'm thinking something related, and I want oh, to know I'm where that's still. Uh, no, but well, no, but it's not quite that. What I'm thinking is, um, it is a very different cat. It's still annoying and painful and sad, but it is a completely different category of sadness. If you basically think this is your last chance to have any experience of being a mother or a father exactly. at all. We've, we've, yeah. Again, we've had that conversation multiple times where we said, oh my goodness, this sucks, but wow, imagine if we didn't have Toby and this is what we were experiencing. It would be a, it would be a whole other category. Yes, it would indeed. And I think that you need to... I don't know. I mean, telling a Christian to count their blessings sounds <laughs> fa- sounds fatuous, but I'm sure you actually are. Yes, of course. And and that's the thing. is, it's The uh, the reason it's hard isn't because we're having trouble getting pregnant, because everyone's having trouble getting pregnant. It's the... Yeah, the species the, will be gone soon. It's this, indeed. It's this... Um, uh, it's the brutality of the two-week wait. So what happens is you go through all these injections, and that sucks, and it's rubbish. And that's, Laura had 70 injections. Yes. Yeah, take your phone back away from the computer, please. Yes, I'm telling somebody to go away. I know, I can tell. Um... Goodness me. Yeah. Uh, it's very hard to concentrate with that noise. Anyway. Go on then. Yeah, so you have 70 injections. That's 17? 70, 70. Is she over her needle fear now? Uh, well, yes, she didn't have a needle fear. She just doesn't like pain. No, I thought she did. I thought she fainted when she had a needle. Oh, that's, that just blood blood, that's when she has blood taken because she has, it normally takes even a good nurse three or four goes and right. she ends up, it's awful. Right. The poking and wiggling it around inside it was just an awful business. But a normal injection is fine. Stupid rubbish veins. But yeah, just, I'm just stabbing her in the leg or the tummy. Um, and sometimes you give her an injection as well. <laughs> and then you got off the bus. 27 years old. I It hurts, those injections. But So she had 70 of those, and that sucks. And it's rubbish, and it's boring, and repetitive, and, t- and tiresome. Then after that, she has to keep going for scans, and each scan, of course, is having a giant dildo put up inside her, and yeah. then they do the scan. And they have to do transvaginal, do they? Yes. Oh dear. Yeah, that's not pleasant. Um, and then there's the uh, harvesting, where they go in and obviously poke holes through the walls of her vagina in order to reach the ovaries. Is that done with anaesthetic? Yes. Although they told, they assured Laura uh-huh. that she would not remember it. Right. And it didn't work. She was awake for the whole thing and remembered every second. Yes. We heard other people in the beds near us going, oh, no, I, I just remember feeling a bit sleepy and now I'm here. Right. Not so Laura. So um, and of course, we had the awful moment where we, Laura went in for the scan before the harvesting yeah. and there were 27 viable looking nodules. Uh-huh. And when they went in to, to harvest, there uh-huh. were two. One and only one had an egg in, and Laura, being conscious for all of this, heard the doctors and nurses look. Do you have to move your phone away, Nick? I literally can't do this with it's it. It's gone now. away. It's gone now. It's all it's gone. So loud that the audience can't hear it. It's still ringing though, isn't it? Someone is incessantly phoning you. Yes. Ridiculous. Too popular. Um. Uh. Yeah. She. Um. They went in there. Only two, and only one had an egg in, and she heard the staff saying, "Oh my God, what happened?" And they, you know. What yeah. you'd never want to hear from medical professionals is, I've never seen this before. Wow. So well, what go. did happen? So we've got one stinking egg. What's the fer- hypothesis? That they just receded for some reason. Her body's greedy. 
Yeah, so we got the one. We fertilised it. It worked because obviously, as we've established on this podcast, my sperm are amazing, and yeah. that was never in doubt. Then it started uh, mo- uh, doing its thing, splitting it and splitting. Implanted, popped it back in, and didn't work. But this is the thing: though the popping it back in moment is the awful bit. So there's all these procedures, and it's all very invasive and and mm. and, and time consuming. But none of it is awful like the two weeks. And it's really hard to convey it until you've been through it. Because I thought, oh yes, it's going to be. Uh, yeah, I can imagine that's annoying. But actually, it's 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 anguish. Well, you've because you've put in so much investment in the true sense of the term, and you know it's a viable embryo. It's not like having sex because we spent a year and a half trying to get Toby, and we've been a year and a half so far this time. And you know, we had a lot of months of negative pregnancy tests. So yeah. we know, you know that experience. But this is something else. You you know a viable working embryo went in. Hmm. And you know your chances are around 25%. Yes, yeah, so you're obviously um, they're against you. So you know it's all against you, but all you, you all you can do for two weeks is hope. And then... So Jesus, Je- Jesus aborted your embryo? Well, Jesus aborts five out of six embryos. So he actually, when you do it by IVF, he, he's dramatically less crazed abortionist. Fair enough. Good. Um, yes, I, I, anyone who is, isn't aware of this, five out of six fertilised embryos naturally slough out with a, with a period. So if your life begins at conception, you need to have a little word with God, the crazed abortionist. Well, also, I mean, it, it, it's necessary that that happens because it stops there from being lots of hideous mutations exactly. and problems. It's a t- as, you know, it's a complex thing getting... And uh, it's not even about giving birth to mutant babies. It's just about non-viable embryos developing... They would develop until the point where you'd have it would kill the mother, or you'd have to have surgery. Yes, indeed. The body's very efficient at flushing out the crap. Yes, indeed. So, um, you, so you, you're thinking of trying again, but you're not 100 percent certain. I yet? think we're probably going to at least try one more time. Um, and how much does it cost? Ten thousand pounds? No, it's close. It's, it's around five to six for the whole shebang. I see. Well, I suppose it depends also where you have it and that kind of thing. Probably at Harley well, Street. There's that. Yeah. Um, Yes, we go to uh, Backstreet Back IVF and Abortions Limited. Yes. Um, In or out, we don't care. Exactly. They, but it, it, the, the, it gets cheaper if you... So if Laura had have harvested 25 embryo, uh, eggs... Yeah, of course. And they'd they managed to fertilise and freeze them, the then the next yeah. round would be a lot simpler and a lot cheaper. But unfortunately, we have to go back to square one, which what's is the most? Worse. What's the most costly part of it, then? I assume the bit requires the most... No, but I suppose the most costly part of it is the bit where you need lots of people in a room doing a expensive procedure. I don't... Uh, or, is it, or is it the drugs? Because there are passengers. The drugs really add up. So you're spending hundreds of pounds a time and you go in there. So, you know, you put you on, they put you on 50 mils and no, there's no development. They put you on 75. No, nothing. Put you on 125. No, nothing. And, you know, and so there's that. So you're wasting all these expensive drugs trying to find the right volume. Hmm. And that costs a fortune. So it's a very, it's just a really expensive procedure. Fortunately, I just sold a business, so it's not actually a worry. I'm, 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 I'm glad, nevertheless, that you've got Toby because you, I just imagine what that yeah, would, oh, this would be like. I know a, there's people listening who will be doing IVF with no kids, and I cannot the same, the same anguish, and then without the uh, yeah, exactly. The my, you know, the fact that I go home and cuddle Toby, yes, is phenomenal, and I don't even pretend to understand what it's like without a kid. Hmm. He was well, a struggle you, to get. I mean, you go read that blog. It's baby.botherer.org. He was the um, baby, and he took. You know, there was a. He was a big. He was hard work to get Toby. It took us, you know, like I said, eighteen months of trying. 
Yeah, and still, oh, very often he was a knobber. Um, he's pretty awesome now, though. Really? No issues? Oh, of course there's issues. What no, annoys no, you the most about him? Nowhere near as many him? as Judith, but... What um, annoys you the most about him, then? Go on, then. Oh, just, just stupid irrationality. Just being upset about a thing that he's imagined and then refusing to listen to sense. Yeah, but that happens until they are... Yeah, of course it happens, but it's just... I mean, like that happens until they're nine or ten or whatever. It's just... Or even more, 20 yeah. or 25. But it's yeah. still unbelievably irritating. It's every child, but it's ridiculously no, annoying. No, that, that's not what's ridiculously annoying. I'll, I'll tell you what makes it ridiculously annoying. The fact that you can be having what you think is an almost rational, interesting discussion, and yep. then they suddenly flip into that mode. Oh, gosh. I, I don't like the contrast. Toby you know. invented a game where he would say... What do you hope to see out the window when we're driving in the car? He would say, what are you hoping to see, Daddy? Oh, very nice. So it's and a I would say, conjunctive game. I'm hoping to see a tractor. And you would say, oh, cool, I'm hoping to see an aeroplane or whatever. Now, after that game working for maybe one journey, and it was totally his invention, this game. Yeah. Now he says, Daddy, what are you hoping to see? And I say, I'm hoping to see a tractor. And he says, no, no, I'm, I'm hoping to see a tractor. Well, that's fair enough. I mean, so we don't play awful. that game anymore. You're, you're just awful, vile, terrible. We don't play that game because we just whatever we say, we get shouted at. Why don't you play Yellow Car? What punch him every time I see one? <laughs> yes, yes, a good car. idea. Yellow Car. Uh, so, some people are beginning to play the usual media narrative because it's more fun. Saying, "Oh, you know, Labour's go creeping ahead." But oh. can we just can we just knock that one on the head? Landslide stories, obviously. But how big? I, I I think fifty or so, fifty majority. What's the majority now? Seven? Is it seventeen? I forgot. I think it's seventeen or something like that. It's got to be around forty or fifty. It would be. I would. I love it if it were somehow smaller. That would be very funny. It would be funny, but it would also keep Corbyn in his place. Yes, it needs so to be that's, an unbelievable majority. I think we are. I'm. I think we are heading to a worst of all worlds where not much change will occur, and therefore Corbyn will call it a victory, and so we keep Corbyn and keep may in power the worst yes. possible result uh, she has run a terrible campaign yes that's she's, irrelevant she's fought incredibly hard to lose this election it's like i've rather said it's like brewster's millions <laughs> but still is. but still yeah no i mean she's been extraordinarily awful the thing is she thinks she's thatcher but she's not nearly as intelligent as thatcher was whatever else you think of her no uh, and she doesn't have um thatcher's tenacity or conviction either no i mean thatcher actually believed in something even though it was hideous she believed in it yeah. uh, may just has irritations i think she's just irritated by things she doesn't like the court of human rights because they irritated her but i don't think she has any particular strong beliefs i mean she did say she wants the values of the vicarage as of course to be running the country but i'm not sure she also said that with terrorists enough is enough yeah she did finally because up until now she's been like she's been like a little bit more terrorism is okay but now she's like no now it's enough enough is enough yes that's enough thank thank you the blandest sort of phrase you could come out with it's so awful soup some more no okay thank you it's bastante it's enough unbelievable uh but she she will win and i think we need to stop this nonsense of there being any hope that labor would win and probably just as well because if labor did win i think that would actually finally destroy them we've seen that they have no control of their brief with uh diane abbott and him having no idea of their figures or anything like that Mm. they just come this toddlerish wish list without doing any clever analysis i mean what might happen i suppose the, the best thing that could happen is if 
Their majority were so small that they had to get in bed with the Lib Dems, and the Lib Dems tried to make Brexit less bad, crap, crazy. But yeah. I don't, th- I don't trust that the Lib Dems are big enough, or even would do that after their disgraceful behaviour last time. Well, exactly. What yeah, about no? It's going to obviously going to be a Labour SNP coalition, Nick. That's definitely going to happen. I don't like where we're going here. It's a strange. It's strangely hopeless, isn't it? That that Corbyn will obviously stay on. Yes. And well, okay. I want to pre- imagine Labour win. What's What's Corbyn like as a prime minister? I don't think you'd hear much from him. He w- it would be really strange would it? when you could look at how atrociously bad they are at being an opposition. Yes. Where they can't even manage to put a press release out within a day of something happening, where none has any idea what the other is doing. They have no idea of the figures, nothing. All the leaks coming out is that no one can even speak to Corbyn, that he hides away, he barely works. Yes. He resents having to, to do any meetings or any work whatsoever. Yes. He just just desperately wants out of there, but with the people like Seamus Mill won't let him leave. Well, I don't know. I mean, maybe he, maybe what he hopes is that if only he could win, then he could be like Hugo Chavez and just do you know occasional waving waving at people and slight populist speeches, and everybody else will handle the details for him. But he doesn't have anybody to handle the details. Exactly, for him. there hopeless. isn't anybody else. Well, Can you imagine Diane Abbott getting a cabinet position? Which she would. Oh All of them are gosh. terrible. The whole thing is utterly hopeless. And it really angers me when Americans who don't know what they're talking about say, oh, he's Britain's Bernie Sanders. Yeah. No, he really isn't. <laughs> you know, look at the record of Bernie Sanders. Look at his uh, history. And also, uh, frankly, Bernie Sanders is perfectly reasonable in most of the positions that he has. And he hasn't been going around... Uh, playing with uh, very unsavoury characters. For example, and I, what really angers me is when people say, oh, he, well, when he says, oh, I was, uh, I was just had to speak to bad people like in the IRA and so on in order to help peace come about. Yeah. That was, no, don't you dare say that. You and McDonald opposed yeah. the Good Friday Agreement because you wanted there to be a final end play of violence so that there could be a united island. You opposed peace. So... I, I don't understand why journalists allow him to get away with saying those anodyne blandishments. It's, it's not so true at all. When it was exposed, he was he was arrested protesting outside a court convicting an IRA terrorist. Yes. And now he's saying, oh, yeah, I had to occasionally have conversations with him for the sake of brokering the peace agreement that I brokered with. John Major what? took the credit, obviously, but it was mostly you know, the, me. You know, the one that I was completely opposed to, oh, that one. Oh, my gosh. And then, and then you have the, the uh, and he says, oh, well, I spoke to all sides. No, you didn't. He didn't speak yeah. to any uh, unionists in the Arab-Israeli conflict. He never spoke to any Israelis. He boycotted them. He only spoke to Hamas and called them friends and said that they were social justice warriors. So I don't like the cant of it. You know, no. If he would just come out and admit it and say, you know what, I actually have a very specific uh, idea of how the world works and I've nailed my colours to the mast. And there are plenty of people who would support him on that. There are people who, who like that politics and can deal with it. But the problem is he's, in, he's, he's caught in this weird no man's land now where he has to deny the reality of his beliefs uh, and yet still believes them. It's a very strange position that's put him in. I think that's what makes it quite difficult for him also to communicate effectively. He's not a good orator. He's not a good debater. He gets tetchy uh-huh. and he gets into the, let me finish. 
plaintive mode of speaking, which doesn't work well at all. So there's there is really nothing going for him, and that's what's so sad. If if there was if he were the person people believe he is, oh, yes. and he were also a very good orator, I'd say fine. He can maybe build something around it, but he's a tetchy, nasty, incompetent man who can barely string two words together before falling apart in a fit of tetchy coughing, and. So he, he doesn't excel at any of this sort of thing. And that's what's so depressing about him. And what's even more depressing is that actually, you know, the broad raft of policies, when you don't look at the detail, are ones I agree with. Yes. Renationalisation of the railways. Yelled yeah. about for years. Tried and tight scrap in a heartbeat. Absolutely. You know, uh, all of these things... Uh, uh, National Education Service, I like the sound of, uh, getting obviously getting rid of tuition fees. All these things are perfectly sensible, good policies. It's just that they vomited them out without considering their effects and without properly planning them, so giving a hostage to fortune so that they then become an example of how the left just put a wish list together rather than saying, you know what, we've actually gotten the cleverest people in the country. We've got good economists putting together a properly costed plan, not a, not a cargo cal plan. Well, they have. That is literally the words they've said. But they haven't. But they don't. They actually have. A bit, just, they have done a better job of costing them the Conservatives with their manifesto. The, but the Conservatives don't have to do anything. No, of course not. They just have to try not buggering any babies for the next few weeks <laughs> in order to win. And even then, it'll just have to be a dent on their position. It's. It makes me really cross when the media just when the media focuses on asking, "Is Corbyn a pacifist?" No, he's not a bloody pacifist. He's a terrorist sympathizer. Exactly. The guy is always on the side of terrorism. That is not pacifism. It's not even in question. That he's a pacifist. By by which, and let's be precise, because the listeners getting cross. Like, oh, but what's terrorism? What about the man in his suit and tie? By terrorism, I mean. He, a pacifist, would abhor all violence genuinely by his actions and his associations. Yes. Uh, he was explicitly against a Pacific Treaty, which is the Good Friday Agreement. I let us make a compromise yeah. so that neither side quite gets what they want, but the violence is massively reduced. The act of a pacifist would be to welcome that sort of thing. He did not. No. He opposed it because he wanted the violence to continue until the greater... Uh, requirement was achieved and that greater requirement was a united island at all costs so that is not the action of a pacifist uh, so people who say he is uh, look pacifism is itself highly immoral in many in many circumstances but at least you can have some sort of consistency no he's not he is supportive of ultimately violent ends to specific mean to to as a means to specific ends that he has in certain circumstances he would completely support a completely violent end to israel a completely violent end to a partitioned ireland if it achieved what he believed that he believed it would achieve what it would achieve and he all his associations and his supports and his oppositions have been in that regard and i wish he could just be honest about it but of course he can't because that would be even greater political suicide than his current fudge is so i don't really know who's going to come after him but it doesn't look like anybody is prepared to put their head above the parapet because it's a pretty suicidal position to be in at the moment it's true Let's just have a look at all of uh, all the other times that uh, <coughs> have spoken out against Assad. Right, finish doing that now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, yeah, what a pacifist. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yvette Cooper is the answer, but no one's going to... 
but but she's dull though. Who cares? That's what we need. She's dull. She's centre left. She's competent. She's also extremely good in uh, Parliament. Okay, well, Corbyn isn't so that would exactly. Be well, just look at her. Just look at um, Cooper's uh, performances in PMQs compared to Corbyn's. She stands up and she absolutely slaughter- May reeled the last time she spoke. Well, indeed, I mean, we saw that before. May is a she, she, she. The reason that she's avoiding all these debates and so on is that she is even a worse rhetorician than yeah, Corbyn she's is. Bad as shit. She can't communicate. Uh, and even when they they try to do the fluffy little interview on the one show where, you, where has her her uh, corrupt uh, stockbroker husband talked about girl jobs and boy jobs and she tried to laugh and it just yeah. didn't work. You know, she can't communicate properly. As uh, somebody pointed out, she may be on the autistic spectrum and that may be why because she it, that degree of just really not having a clue how to communicate normally at all. It goes beyond just being an awkward politician and we're into uh, some sort of communicative disorder here. But I think people are generally sympathetic to that now. And I think if she said, well, as you know, as someone who is on the autistic spectrum, I find this hard. However, it gives me these advantages. And I think she could come across extremely well if she were to be, if that were the case. And if she said, look, I, I, I... Behind the scenes, I have a, a, a great attention to detail. Trust me that I do understand what we need to be doing. I've got my, uh, my, I'm on the ball. I've got the facts and figures, but I just don't like, you know, I can't, I find it really difficult to pretend to, to be chatting about these important things as if they, as if I was just, she doesn't even do that. She just could say, I'm not interested in small talk. I'm interested in big talk. And then she's got a cat, catchphrase. It's, yeah, but then the problem is, you see, the problem is she'd then repeat that catchphrase. Yeah, she would. <laughs> Strong and stably. Yeah, she would. Um, is the terrorism going to help or hinder? It's it's so bizarre how I was abs- I've lost six pounds in a bet with Stu over this that I was absolutely certain that the Manchester bombing would see the Tories absolutely reclaim their, their lead in the polls. And it didn't. It had the opposite effect. And I'm mystified by this. I'm not mystified by it. Because if you're saying strong and stable, strong and stable, strong and stable, and then uh, 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 people's legs stop falling off, that doesn't sound very strong or stable. Mummy, mummy did a very bad job about looking after her kiddies, didn't she? But the, I would have thought the opposite would happen. I would have thought people would have said, oh my goodness, you know, this is happening now. Parliament's dissolved. Everything's mayhem. We need to put these, we need to put these authoritarian grown-ups back in. We need, we need mummy to come back and rescue us from all this. Yeah, but I think there's those two sides of it. Uh, mummy's clearly done a very bad job about... Protect, protecting us from bullies in the first place. So how do we trust that she's going to do it in the second place? And it is my- very peculiar hearing her and Boris Johnson and someone going, we are the only people who can possibly keep us safe from this. Don't like you, you are, you know, you're in power right now, right? You Precisely. understand that it's happening on your watch. people know that as well. Exactly. And that's the, I think that's the problem. We know they're in power and we know that this has happened now twice. And also, twice. uh, twice in two weeks. Yeah. And also, uh, I think, that her coming, I don't know, her coming out and saying the solution is to kill the internet today. Yes. I'm not sure that that's going to persuade a lot of people either. It's well, as, as I've, I, I said on Twitter earlier today, that's not, that's just her seizing an opportunity. This is a, you know, her Snoopers charter was a massively watered down version of what she wanted, what she's been trying yes. to get in since 2010 as Home yeah. Secretary. It's her obsession. It, it's her, exactly, her, her obsession. And, and the, she sees these attacks as an amazing opportunity to finally get through the authoritarian, autocratic internet control that she wants 
Yes, she wants she wants to out China China with regard to internet control. Absolutely, and, and so I'm not like, I'm not saying that that's not hyperbole. I've looked at the actual yes. proposals that she wants. Oh no, they're we worse. Would, it's we worse would be more than restrictive. China. Yeah, we would be worse than China. And she and that that's that's her absolute that and, and getting rid of the Human Rights Act are her two obsessions, and she will use any advantage she can get to to achieve these ends. And indeed, um, I don't think I don't even think it's hyperbolic to say that her conversion to a hard Brexit is because she realised that that would be, in a yes. hard Brexit situation, you could achieve this more easily without any interference. We are so... It's such this... this oh, I hate to use the cliche, but so it's sort of through-the-looking-glass, post-fact yeah. world where she can say, you're the only person who can get Brexit through is someone who cares passionately about Brexit. And like, you voted against it, woman! But she does, she pretends that that wasn't really... It doesn't matter. She was on the she was on the no side. She campaigned against Brexit. She voted against Brexit. She was vociferous and 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 lucid about why Brexit was a bad thing. And now apparently we're all just going, okay, okay, you're yeah. the only one then. Okay, yes. Corbyn was pro Brexit. <laughs> well, not yes. Quite. He may not have voted for it, but he utterly campaigned for it. And, but then, to be fair, he did far, He did vote for it and force his party to do so when push came to shove. Yes, that's true. He did. He yes. did a three-line whip to force his, his party to vote for Brexit. So there you go. He um, Corbyn has been demonstrably more pro- anti-Europe and pro-Brexit than May. But that's the way you'd expect it to be, actually, from the start. I mean, remember, in the 70s, the Labour were against the uh, EEC and the Tories were pro. I mean, there's a famous... A photograph of Margaret Thatcher wearing a jumper with all the European flags on it. <laughs> Things have gone very peculiar. It is strange, isn't it? Yeah, so uh, I've, I'm finding it more difficult than ever to think where we'll be in 10 years' time. No, I have no idea. It's like one could do a sort of extrapolation before now. I I I I couldn't bet. You know, your Rev Stew could tell me anything, and I wouldn't bet now. He's Marshes. exactly, and the man's constantly right. He was the one who predicted the moment the election was called that the majority would shrink, and everyone said, "You idiot!" Now, I don't think the majority will shrink. I just think the majority will be less than uh, initial people thought it would be. So it's not going to be a hundred. It's going to be forty or fifty. Will uh, the SNP lose to Tories in Scotland? They will lose maybe one or two seats to the Tories, just because I think what's her name Ruth, what's she Ruth Davidson? I think she's actually quite a good politician, and I think she's she's detoxified the Tory brand there for a lot of people. She's better so, than Kezia Dugdale. Yeah, well, quite, and I think she's she's um, brought a lesbian breath of fresh air to the uh, to- Tory brand. She has. North of, north of the border. And I think enough people will say, you know what, I'm tired of... Because the SNP did also promise a lot that they haven't delivered. I mean, their their education and health statistics are not good at all. And they've had long enough in power that they should now need to take responsibility for that. And so I think her, her saying, look, let's take charge of this and deal with it properly. I think there are plenty of conservatives, small C conservatives in mm-hmm. Scotland that only didn't vote big C because it was so contaminated. Yes. And I think she's done quite a good job for a... Look, it's not for a majority or anything like that, but just for enough maybe to steal one or two seats. Did you see First Minister's Questions? When I did Ke- not. When Kezia Dugdale <laughs> spent her entire ten minutes asking 
uh, asking uh, Sir Sturgeon about um, Stuart, our friend Stuart Campbell. No, I didn't. When was this? <laughs> this was the, the last one before the breakup. Oh, she, no. It was absolutely astonishing. She stood up and read out a tweet that Stu had sent a month before. Oh, my goodness. That she'd written a Daily Record article about how cross she was about it. Um, well, that she wants to ban all this kind of thing. Is that again? Well, what a rhetorical uh, bent that she wants to ban all this sort of she thing. Want, she wants. She wanted Sturgeon to ca- to condemn Wings Over Scotland. That's what she wanted. Why? Well, what to condemn Stuart Campbell? What had your dangerous friend said this time? He said of um, I don't I, I I don't know who the people are, but he said of a a, a, a politician in Scotland whose dad came out as gay last year. Stu said that he's the cut. This this the son, the politician's son, is uh, is so is a speaker who's so bad. You wish that his father would have realised he was gay years before. Sorry, what does that mean? So he's just saying that he wished the guy had never been born. Oh, I see. Well, gay people can have children, actually. Yes, but Reverend Stu. But he wouldn't have had that child. Why not? Because it's unlike it's very unlikely that he would have married a lady and had a baby with her. Okay, fair enough. If he'd be, if he had come out sooner, so Dugdale announced that this was homophobic. Well, it's not so homophobic. It's not homophobic it's, in it's, any any sense at it's more, all. No, it's. It, it's I retro- wish he had realised that he was gay sooner. Is homophobic? Apparently. It's retro. It's just retroactive homicide. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. And Stu's like, it's offensive. Yes, of course it's offensive. Anyway, so she denounced announced that this was this was homophobic, which is just such a silly argument. And Stu is. Very clearly not homophobic. I mean, it's, I know he loves those gays. He's a, he, he's so he really should have been a gay himself. Yeah, he probably um, regrets every day he's not a gay. Exactly. But mm. yes, imagine, imagine finding, imagine if it were you just being asked about for ten minutes in Parliament. What a way! Is, is this really what I'm doing with? Well, my this life? was the week that. Um, oh, what was the big, silly, ridiculous thing that happened in Labour and late Scottish Labour that week? I don't know, something happens every week. It was some colossal disaster, I forget, and, and Sturgeon just pointed out. She said, I'm not responsible for Stuart Gamble, she said. Fair enough. Um, but it's obvious that you're just trying to ex- get away from discussing this far more serious matter. Oh. To bring up a month-old tweet in Parliament. So where are you going on holiday properly, then? We're going to Centre Parks again. Th- really? The yeah. all-exclusive holiday? It's the holiday the weather can't spoil, Nick. Well, I can if you go outside the exactly. pool. Exactly, it's the weather. The holiday, the weather can't spoil unless you do anything other than swimming. <laughs> Does Toby swim? Uh, he can't swim, but he loves being in swimming pools. Judy can't swim. Really? Yeah, we've we've been very lax. Oh dear. So we're gonna. I don't know what you're supposed to do these days. I but think it's just a case now. You just have to go all in. Just throw her in the sea. Yeah, hope for the best. If she makes it back to shore, then she can. She's worthy. Yeah, exactly. All right, shall we say goodbye to our listener? Oh, yes, it's time, isn't it? It's time, gentlemen, please. What All is right. that noise in the background, please? It's a landline. Good grief, what is... Why does anyone want to speak to you? I don't understand. People are desperate because I'm so good. <sighs> All right, say then. Goodbye. Bye-bye, Goodbye, listener. listener. Sorry it was so long. It was John's fault. Bye. It was absolutely Nick's fault. Bye.